Hello and welcome to another episode of Holy Crap It Sports. It's the Monday, April 29th, 2019 edition, coming to you live from the Talladega Motor Speedway. No, it just sounds like it, because some guy's having a car towed outside in the parking lot. Anyway, coming from your palatial estate broadcasting booth here in lovely Sandy Springs, Georgia, and it's hot. About 85 degrees. The uh, Padres are in town to play the Braves tonight, so it should be interesting time to see that. Hello, I'm your host, Pete Davis, uh, back after a two-day sabbatical over the weekend where I sat on the couch for, I think, 72 straight hours. Anyway, we've got a lot of baseball news that happened over the weekend, a lot happened today, and a lot will happen tonight. So we'll get right to it here on Holy Crap It Sports. By the way, if you ever have to uh, want to contact me, you can follow me on Twitter at uh, Pete Davis one the number one, or write me at Yahoo, uh, Pete Davis one at Yahoo.com. And as always, you can listen to me during the Kimmer Show here on Talk 106.7 FM Atlanta from 3 to 6 in the afternoons, Monday through Friday. And I do my sports sometime between 5.10 and 5.25 every afternoon. Anyway, we've got a lot to talk about. Let's get to it. Luke Jackson, the saver of Atlanta. The great Albert Pujols slaying giants like Lady Liana. Nationals make young history. Beating your childhood friend, and it feels so good. The Tigers step on their tails. The power rankings are out. The power rankings are out. We're somebody. Injury news, fried Twinkies, and this day in baseball history. So we got all that going for us. We'll start with the fried Twinkies because this just came over on Twitter. Uh, Paul Bird, former pitcher for the Braves and other teams, is now a broadcaster for Fox Sports Southeast. And he just took a uh, picture and posted it of the Braves Delta Club, what they're feeding the uh, the media hordes these days, and they have literally a pan of fried Twinkies dusted with a little sugar and just a little green garnish in the middle there, you know, to make it healthy. So they got that going for them, which is nice. Uh, David O'Brien of The Athletic wrote that lefties this year are just 0 for 19 against Luke Jackson. That's right, the Luke Jackson of the Braves, the former Rangers farmhand. Luke Jackson has basically sucked for two years here in Atlanta. Uh, After the opening day debacle where he got crushed, I basically called him to be cast out of the major leagues forever. Well, right now, he is the best reliever the Braves have. He saved a game yesterday against the Diamondbacks and... uh, I tell you what, with A.J. Minter not uh, playing very well lately, Luke Jackson is the man. So lefties are hitless in 19 at-bats against Luke Jackson. Luke Jackson is a right-hander. That makes it very odd. Peter Moreland, the former right-hander for Braves and other teams, and also a broadcaster now, tweeted, I would have done horrible things to have these numbers just once in my career. Mark Bowman of, uh, let's see, I think he still writes for MLB.com, pointing out how bad the Braves' uh, bullpen has been and their starting rotation as the Braves have won just four of their past 12 games. And, and they got swept at home by the Dimebacks, and they almost got swept by the Rockies. The starting rotation has a 5.80 earned run average. The bullpen, a 4.68 ERA. The only pitchers to allow two runs or less in a start within this span are Max Freed, who's done it twice, Mike Soroka, who's done it twice, and Kevin Gosman, who has done it just once. Now, Soroka is going tonight against the Padres. By the way, Gosman is the nuke Lelouch of baseball. And I think even Sports Illustrated called him out the other day. Uh, this guy has top of the, the rotation stuff, 
and he's got a head that's soft. They basically called him a wussy, saying he's Louisiana soft. I have never heard anyone from Louisiana called soft. I don't know where they get that. But anyway, and I'm from Mississippi, and we like to make fun of people from Louisiana. But one thing we never really called them is soft. Hmm. Albert Pujols. Man, oh, man, is he passing the greats. And I know there's been some talk in the past that maybe Albert had a little help. I don't know. Who knows? But anyway, he is really passing guys on the RBI list all time. He passed Babe Ruth, number six. He's passed Luke Gehrig at number five and passed Barry Bonds at uh, number four. So Albert is now number three with 1,997 RBIs. He has right now ahead of him just two men, Alex Rodriguez at number two at 2,086. Let's do a little math here, and that's 89 ahead of Albert. And Hank Aaron, the all-time RBI leader with 2,297. So that's um, that's exactly that's 300 exactly 300 ahead of Albert Pujols. Does Albert Pujols have 300 more careers, 300 more RBIs in his career? Hmm. Sounds like I've been drinking the Whistle Pig Rye whiskey a little early. Um, I don't know. That's 300. Let's see. He's averaging what 50 to 70 a year, maybe a little more than that. I don't think he's going to do it. I really don't. I just don't. Speaking of which, I'm going to have me a little drink right now. Brought to you by the Whistle Pig. Let me get it and make sure I got it right. The Whistle Pig Old World Cask Finish Bespoke Blend from the Cumming Liquor Store in Cumming, Georgia. Beautiful downtown Cumming. Yeah, that's spelled C-U-M-M-I-N-G. And I'll tell you what. Outside of Old Overholt, this is my second favorite rye whiskey, and I love my rye whiskey. Anyway, Jason Stark has put this out from ESPN. Well, first we'll start with a woman named Sarah Langs, who was tweeting about the Nationals making history. With Juan Soto, Victor Robles, and Carter Keboom all homering, the Nationals are the first team since at least 1908 with home runs from three different players aged 21 or younger. They did it over the weekend. So Jason Stark looked into it and uh, checked, according to Elias Sports, here's the update. It is the first time in baseball history that this has happened. It's pretty cool. Well, have you ever wanted to beat your childhood friend at something, even when you're still adults? Well, that's what's happened over the weekend as Tyler Chatwood, pitcher for the Cubs, came up against Diamondbacks pitcher Matt Andres, who they played together as kids, seven, eight years old, in Redlands, California. Well, Chatwood came up in the 15th inning in Arizona Sunday. Wild, wild game. And the score was tied 3-3. And Chatwood doubled off Matt Andres. Basically got a key hit on him and then later was driven in by Ben Zobrist as the Cubs went on to win 6-5. to five. And uh, Tyler says that Matt was in my wedding, so I've known him for a while. He was a groomsman in his wedding. That's got to be sweet. You talk about bragging rights the rest of your life. How many, I mean, when is Matt ever going to come up against... Well, I guess they're still in the National League. I bet bet he will. Anyway, the White Sox entered their series finale Sunday against the Tigers with the worst rotation ERA in baseball and the second worst overall. And they left that 
with the new strikeout record. You never know in baseball. Reynaldo Lopez and three relievers combined to strike out 20 Detroit batters in Chicago's 4-1 win. That tied the MLB record for a nine-inning game. I think they did it in Chicago. According to ESPN Stats and Info, the White Sox became just the seventh team to record 20 strikeouts in a nine-inning contest. Uh, Chicago struck out at least two batters in all nine innings of the game. Amazing. Well, the power rankings are out, according to MLB.com. It does sound like Talladega today, doesn't it? But no sirens. Anyway, Allison Footer puts this out uh, for MLB.com, and she was talking about the biggest jump. And by the way, one of the reasons, one of the big ways they look at power rankings and judge a team is by run differential. Like she points out, that Tampa Bay has led the majors with a plus 44 run differential, and right now they're leading the American League East. And the New York and National League, the first place Dodgers are the leaders with a plus 31 run differential. So on to the power rankings. The biggest jump this week, the D-backs jumped uh, six spots from number 17 to number 11, mainly on their um, sweep of the Braves in Atlanta. The biggest drop, two teams experienced dramatic drops, each following 10 spots. The Nationals dropped from number 6 to 16, and the Pirates fall from number 9 to number 19. Number 9. Number nine. So here we are. Who is the number one team in baseball according to MLB.com power rankings? The Los Angeles Dodgers, up from number two last week, mainly because Cody Bellinger tied a major league record with his 14th home run on Sunday. Who's number two? Tampa Bay, up a spot from the week before. The only series they've dropped so far this year was last weekend's three-game sweep at home by the Red Sox. Number three are the Cardinals. They're up a couple spots. Tough to say whether Marcelo Zuna's face plant heard round the world contributed to his dramatic turnaround, but it should be noted that ever since that unfortunate warning track mishap, which we all found amusing, he's been pretty damn good. In fact, the left fielder has nine homers and 23 RBI, slugging 648 since then. At number four, the Astros, who fell three spots. They were number one last week. The Stros still boast the best home record, though, at 10-3. and three. The Yankees up one spot. They're at number five. Uh, the the Yanks have played only one team over 500 all year, and they're 0-3 against that team. That was Houston. So right now, the Yankees, who have all these injuries, we'll get to that in just a minute, are really, uh, really loving the schedule that they're up against these minus 500 teams or under 500 teams. So let's uh, round out the um, the top 20 going from 10 to 20. You got the Brewers at number 10, then the D-backs, the Padres, the Cubs, the Mets, the Braves at number 15, the Nats, the Rockies, the Red Sox, the Pirates, and the A's round out the top 20. And the A's uh, fell down a spot. Let's see what the Braves are doing. The Braves have climbed three spots. Hmm. Anyway, speaking of the Yankees, they've got a couple more injuries, unbelievably. DJ LeMayhew and Gio Ursula became the latest Yanks to get hurt as New York completed the three-game sweep of the Giants. It doesn't seem to matter who gets hurt, which brings up the point. They're winning with these uh, scrubs, these backups. What happens when the big boys get back, Aaron Judge, Giancarlo Stanton, and the rest of them, and they don't play as well? Hmm. Uh, according to uh, the Yankees, LeMahieu was removed in the bottom of the third inning of, with right knee inflammation coming from a deep bruise. X-rays taken during the game were negative. He's going to have an MRI today in Phoenix. The injury stems from a foul pitch that DJ rattled off his right knee in Friday's game. In his first season in New York, LeMahieu was hitting 310 with 15 RBI since coming over from the Rockies. Ursula left after he was hit on his left hand by almost an 89-mile-per-hour cutter from Nick Vincent. 
against it. In the fifth, Ursula had two hits Sundays, batting 351 with six RBIs and just 57 at-bats. The Yankees said the X-rays on him were also negative. New York has had 15 players on the injured list this year alone. Still, they are 6-1 and one on their road trip. But once again, when you play in the Giants, who, man, they look like the worst team in baseball right now. They got old quick. Uh, reigning National League MVP Kristen Yelich pulled from the Brewers' loss to the Mets on Sunday with lower back discomfort. This is not good news because he's had trouble before for a couple years with the Marlins with uh, back problems and missed a lot of games. He's day-to-day right now. He also had back issues last season. Yelich hit his major league-leading home, 14th homer in an 8-6 to win over the Mets on Saturday, which tied him with Albert Pujols back in 2006 and A-Rod in 07 for the most of the first full month of the season. And he's got at least a couple more days, but we'll see if he plays much since he's hurt. Speaking of being hurt... Baseball doesn't need this. The young guy's coming up. Rookie shortstop for the Padres, Fernando Tatis Jr., left yesterday's game against the Nationals after he did an awkward-looking split while trying to stretch for a throw at first base. And any guy who's ever found himself in that position knows it's not a good thing. It was a hamstring. He grabbed his hamstring, so hopefully it wasn't a groin that he pulled. The 20-year-old entered the season, one of the top prospects in baseball. He's hitting 300, six home runs, and 13 RBIs for the pods. Of course, he is the son of former major leaguer Fernando Tatis. And by the way, Tatis had a career-high three hits on Sunday before he got injured. Grant McCauley, who covers the Braves uh, for, I think, the local station here, 680 The Fan, uh, says that uh, this is late Monday afternoon. This came down. The Bravos have placed right-handed reliever Chad Sabaka on the 10-day injured list with a left abdomen strain and recalled lefty Grant Dayton from AAA uh, Gwinnett. And, of course, Sabaka was one of the few guys that was not only healthy but uh, would be able to pitch tonight against the Padres. A.J. Minter and Luke Jackson pitched too much over the weekend. They probably would not be available tonight. And I had a little more info there on uh, Grant Dayton, but I guess I have lost it in transition. Oh, well. He's, uh, I think, 31 years old. He's been around a little bit. Uh, Robinson Cano expects to return to the Mets lineup later this week. The Mets got a little scared, but it looks like he's going to be okay. He had an MRI today on his injured left hand. It came back negative. Cano was not in the Mets starting lineup against the Red Legs one day after getting hit on the hand by a pitch. He's hitting 270 with three home runs in 26 games. Time for another drink of the Whistle Pig Old World Rye Whiskey. Wash down with just a little bit of water. By the way, you're listening to Holy Crap at Sports. And by the way, a little reminder that uh, we'll talk baseball mostly during baseball season. When college football starts, we'll have a combination of baseball and football. And then um, I may go on vacation after that. Good grief. Anyway, this date in baseball history, April 29th, 1913. Wearing the White Sox uniforms, the Reds are defeated by the Cubs at Chicago's West Side Park. Well, why were the Reds wearing White Sox uniforms? Cincinnati forgot to pack their uniforms. <laughs> on this day, 1939, on a chilly Saturday afternoon at Yankee Stadium, Lou Gehrig comes to the plate in the fourth inning and gets a single off Washington pitcher Ken Chase for his 2,721st hit. And unfortunately for the Iron Horse, his last one. By the way, that was the most ever in the Yankees franchise history. The record would stand for over 70 years until Derek Jeter, another 35-year-old team captain, surpassed his mark back in 2009. 
Jeter would go on to hit 3,000 plus. On this day in 1953, Little Bigger League, Little Bigger with a B, a baseball program for boys aged 13 to 15, thankfully changes its name to the Babe Ruth League. Because if you've got a name like Little Bigger League, ain't nothing but trouble with that. Honoring the Yankee legend's commitment to children, Claire Ruth, the widow of the Babe, is going to meet with the New Jersey-based organization and give them permission for them to bear her late husband's name. I think it's still around, too. I played Little League, and I think there's several little leagues out there, but I think Babe Ruth is still out there. On this day, also in 1953, Braves first baseman, Milwaukee, Joe Adcock with his 475-foot third-inning blast and the team's win over the hometown Giants out there in uh, New York City, became the first player in a major league game to homer into the polo ground center field bleachers. Man, that was a long way. The feat was also accomplished by Luke Easter, who was playing for the Indians in the Negro League contest in the Coogan's Bluff Ballpark, and he did it back in 1948. So he was the first man to do it in professional baseball in the Negro League. On the state in 1960, Stan the Man Musial plays his 1,000th game at first base, making him the first major leaguer to reach that milestone at two different positions. The Cardinals legend has also played 1,513 games in the outfield for the Redbirds. And I think someone told me once, that Stan the Man had just as many hits on the road as he did at home. And if you've never seen how he hit, he was a left-hander, check him out. Go Google him and look at the old uh, photos and look at the old tape of him, videotape, kinescope, whatever it was, film, literally film. The way he, he batted, I don't know how he hit anything, but he hit a lot. On this day, 1981, Philadelphia's Steve Carlton became the sixth major league pitcher to strike out 3,000 batters when he fans the Expos' Tim Wallach in the first inning en route to a 6-2 complete game victory over Montreal at Veteran Stadium. Tim Wallach, man, he was a good player, defensively and offensively. The Philly Southball, simply known as Lefty, Steve Carlton, became the first left-handed hurler to get to 3,000 strikeouts. Amazing. No, Warren Spahn didn't. On this date, 1983, after a loss to L.A. at Wrigley Field, Cubs manager Lee Ilya launches into an obscenity-laced tirade, one of the top two of all time. Him and, uh, I guess that was uh, Tommy Lasorda with the Dodgers. I think they had the two best of all time. Ilya's, though, will become a much-reported media story all over the place. The Chicago Skipper's rant clearly shows his frustration with his team's fan base. And I'm going to clean this up a little bit. Well, no, I'm not. It's a podcast. Uh, hide the women and children right now, and unless you like to smoke cigars. Because here's, here, here's what he basically says. The fuckers don't even work. That's why they're out at the fucking game. They ought to go out and get a fucking job and find out what it's like to go out and earn a fucking living. of the fucking world is working. The other 15 come out here. A fucking playground for the fuckers. Rip them fuckers. Rip them mother blanking like the... Oh my, I just can't go on. He put a few other MFs in there as well. So that's one of the great... You get a chance to go Google that as well. Bing it, whatever you'd like to do. Uh, 1988 on this day. Oh, who's calling me right now? Should we answer it on the phone? While we're on the air? No. And that's my fault. I didn't turn my phone off. I always laugh when someone on MLB Network or ESPN has their phone go off in the middle of a show. And now karma has come back to bite me on the red ass. On this day in 1988, after 21 tries, the Orioles finally win their first game of the season, beating the White Sox 9-0 at Comiskey Park. The Birds at 1-21 get the victory thanks to a combined four-hitter thrown by Mark Williamson and Dave Schmidt. Dave Schmidt, not the Flyers 
bad guy. No, no. On this day in 2004, at Indianapolis Victory Field, the International League's contest between the hometown Indians and the Louisville Bats is delayed for 20 minutes before the start of the fourth inning because the maintenance crew had to go into the dugout and free first baseman Jeff Leifer from the bathroom. Returning to the field, the first baseman is greeted with a standing ovation and receives a gift from the opposing dugout, a roll of toilet paper. And finally, on this date in 2007, Trevor Hoffman appears as a pitcher in his 803rd game for the Padres, establishing a new record for games pitched for any one team. The previous mark was shared by both Walter Johnson of the Senators from 1907 to 27 and Elroy Face. What a great name, Elroy Face. For the Pirates, from 1953 to 1968, Elroy was pretty much a, uh, a reliever for the Pittsburgh Pirates. Well, that's another episode of Holy Crap at Sports, number 13, lucky number 13 for April 29th, 2019. As always, you can listen to these podcasts, not just on the day that they're put out, because I keep them rather untimely. So you can listen to them weeks and months in advance. Always, you can get them now on um, iTunes and Stitcher.com and go to my uh, website, PeteDavis.BuzzSprout.com. Buzz as in the bee and Sprout as in the little sprout that always used to follow the green giant around all the time. Anyway, I hope everybody has a lovely Monday afternoon. And uh, everybody's walking their dogs. It's beautiful outside. I may have to go and shoot a few baskets or go to the batting cage. Drink up, Shriners.